it's not outwardly making you do anything. I mean, that's just your heart. You're not, is that bringing forth repentance? Is that bringing forth following? Are you picking up your cross daily? Is it doing these things? Hello and welcome to the PonderCast, where it's okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. I'm Perry Siddons and I'm joined by Drew Petkert. Let's get pondering. Hello everybody and welcome back to the PonderCast. Once again, Perry and I are here, ready to start pondering. We are. How are you doing, Perry? I'm good. I'm very good. It's been a busy week, which is kind of nice and... uh... The weather is fantastic. Well, except yesterday, it was pretty windy, but uh, it's been a good week. You, how are you doing? Uh, doing quite good, actually. Yeah, doing real good. Same here. It's cold. I got down to one degree last night. I was a little worried about my plants outside. Oh, no. My garden's <laughs> no. going to be done. Poor little guys. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully they make it. <laughs> Hopefully they, yeah, they can uh, stay rooted. Well, there's a good biblical theme there. Stay Ooh. rooted. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah. so Drew, we'll see. I yeah. I saw I went on to our podcast host website this morning, and I saw that we yeah. have a listener. We have a listener from the United Kingdom. No, we do for real. Yeah. Do you know them? <laughs> no, it said on there. Really, it said on there. 99% Canada, 1% United Kingdom. Wow. Maybe just one person has their settings changed to United Kingdom <laughs> yeah. on their computer or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I w- That's weird. Yeah. Let's go with the... F- I like I like going with the fact someone's listening from the UK. That sounds I way better. Too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you yes. to you who are listening from the UK. That's a, Yes, exactly. That's quite the... They they thought it was some other podcast called the Pondercast. <laughs> they thought it was some other hot shot. Oh, whoops, whoops. Hey, uh-huh, whatever. Well, that's kind of cool. Po- the Pondercast is slowly growing. Maybe it's it hasn't hit the United States yet. It's gone to the, it's gone. It's like you know how England came to Canada. Canada is going back to right. England. Has went to Jerusalem and Samaria to the ends of the exactly, earth. Exactly. Exactly. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Hey. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe one day. You know, we're just, we're like two old farmers. We always start off these episodes with the weather, it seems like. Like, how's it out there? Well, what else is there? The weather. Well, is... <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, Drew. I mean, I mean, what, what else are we supposed to talk about? I mean, there's, there's nothing going on. Can't work, can't go outside, not supposed to go shopping, can't yeah, do anything. Yeah. I mean, the weather. The weather is the hot button topic of the times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the weather well, and the weather and who's doing what? What Renault are you doing? You know, that's kind of <laughs> that's basically everyone's doing weather and Renaults. You, yeah. you go by you go by those home those hardware stores these days. Oh man, it's, just, it's nuts. There's just lineups all the way. Just, wow, oh, it's ridiculous. Hmm. Everyone's that's, just renovating their house. I finally got my summer tires back on. My car took me long enough. I, I, I hear I, the rumor is that I was going to say the rumor is plus fifteen. I think doesn't it doesn't do anything till plus fifteen. Then like you should change them over. If it's oh, be. okay. Apparently that that's well that could be wrong too. I don't know. I hope it I doesn't. I hope it doesn't snow. I mean, it's pretty well June. I hope it doesn't snow. That'd you be, never know. 
You never know. Sure enough, you never know. This week, uh, we want to discuss the phrase. I think everybody is probably familiar with this phrase, asking Jesus into your heart. And uh, is it biblical? Is it a correct thing to say? Uh, and Drew, you know me. I like controversial subjects. Uh, yeah. But sometimes I think it's important to address them, to address the controversial subjects, because we want to go back to the Bible. We want to see what the Bible actually says. We want to, we want to, we want to, we want to reflect that reformational attitude, and which is ad fontes. It's a Latin phrase which means back to the sources. Uh, back in the whenever it was 16th century, the reformers said, "We're going back to the Bible." What does the Bible have to say about these particular topics? And we want to, we want to do that. Now that we got that out of the way, okay. So the phrase "asking Jesus into your heart" is used mostly, I think, mostly in evangelical circles. Uh, I've heard it mostly used in camp settings, and historically, yeah, people can't was, see you when you do this. I know, quotes. I know. That's so why I know. said uh, whatever that means. To try and put that in air quotes. It, 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 it was used for evangelism purposes. So you think about uh, somebody coming, uh, a big preacher has come into town. They set up their big revival tent. Uh, they have the nice music. Uh, they're playing just as I am. And if you, want an, if you want Jesus as your savior, you come to the front. You ask him into your heart and you can have salvation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the and the thinking is that you ask Jesus into your heart and you'll receive salvation. And at camp, this happens. Uh, and the camp, like the cabin leaders, the staff, the pe- the people at camp are encouraged. Uh, we, they encourage the campers to ask Jesus into their hearts. Uh, where have you heard it mm-hmm. the most, Drew? Yeah, I think I think I kind of follow the same tracks. I mean, camps, youth retreats. And I've, I was kind of thinking about. I thought you hear it most of the time to, like a younger audience. I feel like. I mean, maybe that's just where I am at life and where I am right now. Like that's where I've seen it. But I've definitely seen it spoken to younger kids and and youth. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on why I think that's the demographic that we try to reach with it a little later. But um, I think that this phrase, "ask just your," I think it's. I think it can be beneficial and useful, but at the same time, I think it can be very misleading. Mm. Um, maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what, what about you? I mean, you said you kind of heard it with camps, and I agree with you. But what do you? What's your initial thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, on I've, the phrase, like, what do you? How do you feel? Okay. Well, just to be honest here, uh, I have used this phrase before. Uh, but in the last few years, I've been a little bit more hesitant about using it. Uh, but last summer, I, I had the opportunity to speak at two junior teen camps. And when you're speaking mm-hmm. and you're trying to explain, like, I've just been in such a Christian bubble the last few years that it's so easy to assume that everybody's saved. Everybody, everybody has uh, turned to Jesus in the context that I have been. And so when I'm in the middle of talking at a camp where, where I'm talking about things and I realize not everybody is a Christian here, how do I explain that the thing that I'm talking about, the concept I'm explaining, applies to Christians? So sometimes I, I said, uh, if, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, 
this is something that applies to you because it's just it's it's a phrase that has been used it it seems to make sense to people um but um i'm not, like i'm just not sure how else to phrase it right but i'm not sure it is the most accurate way to describe what's actually happening in somebody's uh in somebody's life and i have I have a number of reasons for questioning this phrase. And if I'm honest, my biggest critique is that it produces false results and statistics. Uh, at the end of the week of camp, we can say, you know, all these kids accepted Jesus into their heart. And it's like those kids received salvation that week. And I just have a hard time saying that we can de definitively claim that those children received salvation. Uh, because I just it goes back to our conversation about election a few weeks ago. How can we know? <laughs> right. Uh, how can we know that somebody has been saved this week? That somebody has asked Jesus in their heart. And I feel like such a bad person, honestly. I feel like such a bad person when somebody says it's like at some at camp and somebody at staff meeting says that morning, like so excitedly, this kid asked Jesus into their heart. And I'm sitting there, like, I'm not going to say anything in a staff meeting. Like, I, yeah. that'd be stupid of me, but I'm just sitting there like, ah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> but what does it mean? Hey, I, I, you know? I've been there too. I've been there too. I know exactly the feeling. I know exactly what you mean. I, I hear because you. Because I just think. With that feeling. I think that there's a, just a, such a more holistic understanding to salvation than this, than Asking Jesus in your heart and all, but I just want to say, and I want a little uh, pushback. If you do, you obviously will push back on this, but I was just yeah. kind of, I was just, I, I just want to put this out there. This phrase, asking Jesus in your heart, it seems like the evangelical equivalent to baptismal regeneration, uh, where evangelicals rightly reject that doctrine, the the doctrine. Where, where somebody is baptized and that means that they're saved. They rightly reject that. That's good. Um, but it's almost like we've, we've transferred that doctrine into this particular phrase where if somebody asks Jesus into their heart, they're automatically saved. And, uh, and so what I'm saying is that in my experience, according to evangelicalism, asking Jesus into your heart guarantees salvation. What's your response, Drew? Hmm. Um. Well, I have a lot of responses to that. <laughs> Good. First of all, and uh, I just want to clarify a couple of things for, I'm sure you're not saying this either. Not saying that um, people who use this phrase are dumb or wrong. We're not trying to condemn anyone. We're not trying to make fun of them. We're not, like, don't, don't feel attacked if we use this phrase. We're, we're trying to figure it out too right now. That's, that's the whole point of this. Mm -hmm. yeah, so exactly. like, I just want to, that's the first thing I kind of want to say. Like, we're, we're not, <laughs> we're not trying to attack anyone here. We're trying to, trying to figure this out if this is biblical or not um as far as the baptismal regeneration i was thinking about that as you're talking and i think it does have some parallels like you're saying it's kind of the equivalent to asking just into your heart in the phrase that you do this you're saved good however the one difference i find is one is an outward act and one is an inward act right biblical regeneration like i mean i'm not saying i believe that but i'm just saying that's the difference one's an outward action the other one's a inward action i guess you could say i think that is where um 
I have the biggest problem with this phrase is that asking Jesus into your heart can be just an inward thing. It can be totally hmm. um, false. I mean, it can be, you I mean, it does an inward action, a thought, a belief, a inner feeling can be the easiest thing to do for the wrong reason. Right. Um, and that's why, like I said before, this phrase is used to young children, to youth. And I think it's common in these circles because I mean, it's an easy way to say salvation. It's a simple way of simplifying salvation. Ask Jesus into your heart. Done. It really doesn't tell any, give any consequence, any responsibility. Right? It doesn't say you need to serve this Jesus. And you don't you ask him into your heart, you're good. You don't have to serve him. You don't have to do any of these things. It kind of negates those other things, right? What What is being a Christ follower? What does that mean mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. And so I think it, I think it can just initiate this idea of an inward change without any outward response, which I think can give a misguided idea of what a Christ follower is. Hmm. Um, and so I think, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a wrong thing to say, but I think we need an outward action, right? It's not just an inward thing. It's an outward response. Um, but like you said, at the beginning of the episode, we talked about how you want to get back to the Bible. So maybe, maybe we should actually do that instead of just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we, look, should we look at some, uh, should we look at some Bible verses here and we can Let's do make it. some sense of it here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Does that make sense though? My, my, the thought of it's more asking just your heart seems like an inward thing, which is really easy to just kind of. Can you explain it a little our, bit more? I guess my point is, is that if we just say, ask Jesus into your heart and you'll be saved, Okay, but then that doesn't give any responsibility to that person. You don't have to change how you're living. You don't have to follow. You don't have to uh, obey what Jesus says. You don't have to. No, you ask Jesus into your heart. You're saved. That's it. Mm. So it's almost like it's just a complete inward thing with no outward change. Hmm. And then that inward thing, how how true is that, right? Is it just, hmm. I mean, I, you could say it's equivalent to saying, if you ask jesus to build a house for you in heaven you're saved it's like oh hmm. well no i mean i mean it's just it i feel like there's you're not giving the whole story when you say ask Jesus in your heart and you'll and, and that's how you get, receive salvation i feel like that's not the whole story right right yeah I, I don't think the bible says that i don't think the bible says that's the full story of salvation i don't think the bible says that's how you <laughs> receive the salvation i don't think it does i mean there's aspects of it but i don't think that's um the bible says of seeking salvation right i i know what you're i know what you're saying i don't think mm-hmm. I, I i wonder when i think about it's an internal thing what i'm what i'm what i thought what i thought you meant was that there's something changing inside but i think you just mean it's just something because asking jesus into your heart is an external thing it's like an outward thing because you're saying it with your lips not necessarily to somebody else but you're saying it either in your mind like it still seems like an external thing and and it's kind of that equivalent to baptism where baptism is that outward thing but there has to be that inward change as well but i mean one's pub one's a public declaration i mean Baptism, you're publicly declaring something. Whereas, I mean, depends on your view of baptism. Uh, (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. 
All right. Well, let's let's, just let's get into uh, yeah. What do you, before we get yeah, too far ahead here? Why don't you uh, what? Why don't you uh, lead us off into this uh, part of our discussion yeah. now? Right. Like like I kind of said. Like I kind of played my cards before. Kind of showed my hand here, but <laughs> like I, I said, right off. Like I said, it doesn't really. That's not a biblical thing. It doesn't ever say like ask Jesus into your heart. But the Bible does say a few things that salvation does require. And so I'll, I'll just kind of write, fire through these, and then we can kind of talk about them afterwards, okay? Um, John three thirty six says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall never see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. So we have the idea of who believes, right? So belief mm. is necessary. Um, Acts 16, 31, 32. He then brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Um, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And then Romans 4, 5. However, if the one who does not work but trusts or believes on God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Rents again, we have this idea of belief. And then belief, and I'll, I'll read the last in Romans 10, 9. So if you declare through mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, God is from the dead, you'll be saved. And there mm. is where we get the idea of asking Jesus into your mm. heart, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we get this, this idea of, Okay, you can ask Jesus into your heart. However, the root of it is belief, mm. right? The root of it is belief, and then that belief is also tied in with repentance. I think mm. uh, um, that's just a couple of verses. That, that, but they all mention the idea of belief. Some people might say belief is asking Jesus into your heart, which I think it can be, mm-hmm. but I don't think it always is. What are your thoughts on some of those? Or, or do you have any other verses um, you're kind of thinking of? Okay. Uh, the verses that I think about when it when it comes to following Jesus, because this is what it comes down to. Um, I like I like the verses that you mentioned. Uh, some in, some in John, like believing in believing in Jesus, uh, confessing Him with your mouth. Um, see that one in Romans has so like like that just seems like it's much more of a political uh, thing. Where uh, I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Where if but, you, but if I mean, you, it's political, but right, but it's still, it's still a act of what you believe. It's still a like, yeah. If somebody comes up to you and says, you know, Caesar is Lord, and you say Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Like you'll be okay. Um, but okay. So some of the other things that I was thinking about is. Jesus says, anybody who wants to follow after me must take, pick up his cross daily. <laughs> okay, following Jesus is a daily dying to self. Uh, mm-hmm. I think about Acts 2, when Peter preaches this great Pentecost sermon, and, and the people are cut in the heart, and they say, what must we do? And Peter says, repent and believe. Um, mm-hmm. So there's also that action of, like that repentance there change your thinking change your life like you're you're doing this turn your from your old life to a new life and that's where baptism comes in where where you're entering into that new life um uh i think about uh like galatians 5 actually i was just thinking about that earlier where it says walk in the spirit so that you may not gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, that word there, walk, uh, that 
in, in that kind of implies a daily thing like you're you're constantly in step you're constantly living like it's a living out in 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 step with the spirit so it just yeah. seems like the the and uh, okay the things that i just said don't have to do with salvation they have to do with following jesus but i have a reason for pointing them out the one verse that i mentioned mm-hmm. about salvation was acts 2 what must we do repent that is where uh but but everything else kind of goes together it's it's just so i think it's just so much more holistic and what i mean by that is that it's just, it's more than just do this one thing like ask jesus into your heart and you're good to go um yeah i think that it's much more the one verse that i thought about in regards to jesus being in our heart i remember my uh, youth leader a couple of years ago mentioning this verse and I was like, Oh, interesting. And he was kind of like, you can say, ask Jesus into your heart because of this verse in Ephesians three seventeen, it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Okay. Christ dwells in our heart. I can understand like ask Jesus into your heart because who is it that regenerate? Like, that the heart is is almost like the part like it represents more it's almost like yeah. that's where our old person is and that's where we're being regenerated that's where we're being made a new person but i don't but the biblical text like the new testament doesn't say ask Jesus into your heart i mean it may have fucking piped in i think um i like what you said it's not it's not fully like it's more holistic than that I, I don't think you can just ask Jesus into your heart. And, and what you said there kind of was what I was getting at before, this idea of it's not outwardly making you do anything. I mean, ask Jesus your heart, you're not, is that bringing forth repentance? Is that bringing forth following? Are you picking up your cross daily? Is it doing these things? It can easily not. I was reading a book recently, and this guy was telling a story of how he was witnessing to the guy he's playing basketball with. The guy's like, oh, you're witnessing to me. Oh, right on, cool. And then this guy's like, don't worry, I'm good. I'm good. I already asked Jesus to my heart. I'm fine. You don't need to witness to me. Mm. But now I'm a happy atheist, he says. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? Oh, man. And so, it's, it's, I mean, exactly. it's a story in a book. But do, do you know what I mean? And this is this guy's um, kind of testimony of what's happening. So he's saying, and so we can see how that phrase can be so misleading. It's like, life is this, especially to a kid who's never goes to Bible camp one summer. Exactly. And that's it. That's all he exactly. has. Only experience he has in the church, and that and that's devastating because it can become this false sense of security, this false assurance of your salvation, which you, you know, you, there's more to it, right? I think you have to kind of articulate that there's more to it than just that. Right. Um, can I can I give a couple of verses that I found on sure why we should ask Jesus into our heart? Because I thought there was quite mm-hmm. a few in the New Testament actually. Okay. Okay. Uh, Romans Ro- Romans eight nine eleven says but if christ is in you even then your body is subject to death because of sin and the spirit gives life because of righteousness um and then it says and in, if the spirit of him who raised from the dead is living in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give you life to your moral bodies because of the spirit who lives in you it, it doesn't say in your heart but it's definitely implying the fact that the spirit lives and dwells within you I don't think it's far to say that'd be like, I mean, it's close reference to Jesus living mm. in your heart is what I'm saying. I mean, they don't already say that. Um, 
I had Ephesians 17 or 317 down as well. I mean, I think that's the clearest one. But, but I mean, Galatians 2.20 is the other one I'd written down. It says, if you've been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Hmm. Life and I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I think, I think there is good reason to say, no, we can't ask Jesus to their heart. Hmm. Um, however, I don't think it should be the way of go about evangelism. I don't hmm. think it's necessarily the right, the right phrase, the right way to bring there to evangelize people. Because I think it can bring this idea of false salvation, which, I mean, there, is there anything more devastating than that? Do you mean someone who thinks hmm. they're safe, but yeah. has no, exactly. has no, drive no passion to serve christ i mean and that's that's devastating right mm. and i think you would do better to explain better i guess do more than just ask you into your heart i think we need to explain more than just that phrase hmm. i like the i like the verses that you brought up and i've never like i don't deny that jesus lives in us mystically somehow <laughs> he dwells in us I, oh, it's just such a it's such a phrase that I wrestle with, and and this is why because the disappointing thing about camp, don't get me wrong I love camp ministry I love uh, camp ministry, um, and uh, the disappointing thing though is that kids come back every summer, and it's like oh that kid uh, asked Jesus into their heart this summer, or, or a couple of years ago, and look at the life they're living. Uh, like there isn't this consistent teaching. There isn't this consistent discipleship. And that's the disappointing thing about camp is that these, that these kids are hearing the gospel. There's some kind of response. Let's put it that way. There's a response to the gospel. Their affections are moved. They have this emotional experience. Like, I don't want to judge what's going on in their hearts. Maybe there is like they're on their gent, like the Holy spirit works in people's hearts. And maybe somebody asked mm-hmm. Jesus into the heart of camp and maybe, and that's, the Holy Spirit could be working in that. I hope. I hope He is. Like, of course, He's not limited by that. And and maybe down the road, that per, that person will be living for the Lord. Uh, but it's just so disappointing when when you know when when somebody comes to a staff meeting and they're like that that person asked Jesus into the heart and I'm thinking, oh, but they're gonna go home. And it's going to be like that parable of the seed where that seed is planted and then it gets choked away or, or whatever, like it kind of just dies away. And that really disappoints me. That's, I think that's where this, this, I think that's the root of this for me is that there's this hope that camp ministry would be more holistic than just this one time ask Jesus into your heart and you're good. And I don't think anybody believes that in camp ministry. Um, and I know that a lot of people do a lot of good work for discipleship to curb that in camp ministry. And I can yeah. for that. Um, but I still, you know, how do we get people involved in, 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 in discipleship? I think that's what it comes down to is living every day uh, for the Lord. Because let me just add one more thing. Uh, is that, is that salvation? is not a one-time thing. Like you're, you have that salvation, like you're saved. There's like that past, that past 
you're saved, you're being saved. Like there's this process of being saved. And then at the end, we will be saved. Like it's just, that's what it seems like the New Testament uh, articulates the, the Christian life. It is like continually striving forward for that, for that end time salvation. Like when we reach death. Right. I mean, if I can kind of jump back to what you're saying, I think the, the hard part for me about this, this phrase is when it's the fifth year in a row, there's kids asking Jesus into their heart or the sixth year, or you ask, you can ask Jesus into your heart hundreds of times because you keep messing up and keep changing or, or you keep going back to your sinful ways. Mm-hmm. If we just understood the first time what it means to ask Christ into your heart, like, because I, I, I don't think that's a poor, I think it, I don't think it's a wrong phrase. I think we just misunderstand what it means. Hmm. I think we don't fully explain if we, if we understood and explained what that actually means, what that commitment has, you don't have to ask Jesus into your life more than once or into your heart more than once. I mean, do you know what I mean? You don't have this constant, you don't have to do this 5,000 times. <laughs> do you mean like it's so i think and so to kind of push back on what you were saying i guess um you're saying that salvation is kind of like it's it's it's, it's hard it's like a lifetime like it's not a lifetime but it's, it's a continual thing you're continually kind of, but it is a one-time thing at the same time right it's like right you're, you're it saved. is it is you're justified. yes you're yes justified and we're continually oh, being absolutely sanctified. yes Okay. No, just just clarify. Yeah, yeah. Just didn't want any confusion there. So, Perry, what what um, what phrase would you use instead of asking into your heart? Like if you were evangelizing, what <clears throat> what would you use? Is there a phrase you use, or would right. you better explain asking you into your heart? Like, what would you what would you say to people? Because I mean, we need or just explain it better. I mean, there's there's that too. Or what do you think? I think. Well, Lord willing, uh, I'll get to speak at a camp next summer, and I sure hope so. I hope that we're at the other side of this pandemic. I think mm-hmm. I would probably talk about, uh, and, and because that's a week-long thing where you kind of get to explain things better, so I'll, I'll say that for now, uh, is talk about, Jesus says, pick up your cross daily. Like that's what this, like that's what following Jesus is, is a, is a lifetime of letting go of what you love in order to love Jesus. Hmm. Um, be, uh, turning away from um, your sin is what it comes down to. Like repenting right. of your sin yeah. and, and explaining exactly what that means. Like saying no to sin I think that's how I would explain it. Uh, Like, right. uh, That's how I'll simply say it right now. If I'm explaining, like, let's go back to my uh, example from the beginning. If I'm explaining something to to campers, to non-Christians, and I'm explaining a concept that applies to Christians, I have used the term union with Christ. I think it reflects more faithfully what the New Testament is talking about, what the New Testament witnesses to that we that Christ dwells in us and we dwell in him so there's this union with Christ so when we're in union right. with him like we're we're saved um <clears throat> i just really like the 
I think discipleship is what the what the New Testament talks about. Like Paul, like just rips on people. <laughs> Doesn't rip on people, but he really <laughs> exhorts yeah. his church. Like he exhorts his churches. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. Stop sinning. Love each other. Love each other. Love, love, live for like, uh, have the fruits of the spirit. Um, like he's discipling them. He's, he's telling them how to live as a Christian. Follow my example. I am not an evangelist. <laughs> I, I think I am more of a long-term and I just have never had that experience, like those experiences much in my young life. Um, I've, I've had like little glimpses of, of seeing, of, 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 of seeing people and living with them uh, and discipling them a little bit long-term. And that's just what I find disappointing. Um, anyways, I'm kind of, I think I'm processing things a little bit here, but. Uh, yeah. While, while we podcast. Here, yeah. Good stuff. Well, well, can I say what I think? I, absolutely. Like I've kind of said it over and over again, but I'm just going to, maybe just rehash what I've just said. I think there, we just need to explain things better. Mm. I think, um, and that, that's kind of ties when you're saying with the discipleship, if we say, ask just your heart, discipleship would be like the next step. What does that mean? And then articulating those things. And that, I think that's why I like saying it, or I like articulating like Christ is now your Lord and your savior. Um, because I think that does encompass the idea of repentance, obedience, trust, thanksgiving, like surrender and worship. And I think those are things that we need to do once we receive Christ and we need to do these things. And I think that if we explain what asking just in your heart means to people, that it does mean repentance, that does mean belief, that it does mean Mm -hmm. trust. It does mean you will obey. It does mean you will, um, surrender to Hmm. I think that phrase is fine to use, hmm. but I think that's where discipleship comes in. If we're not discipling and not bringing that, those ideas forward, well, then we're not really doing anyone any good, right? It's kind of just, it's probably better for that to just fall to the ground and no one do anything rather than be falsely assured of something that's not true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's where I land on this phrase. Is it biblical? <laughs> kind of i guess that's not the right way to say is it biblical, is it biblical? I, like i would say i don't know what i'd say no i think i'd say no it's not biblical now maybe i'd say yes it is biblical i'm gonna go with yes yes it's biblical that's just your heart but no that's not the whole story i don't i don't think mm. that's i don't think it's the best way to mm-hmm. bring forth the gospel i think sometimes we can just use it as a kind of like a shorthand gospel message mm-hmm. uh jot jot note gospel that's just your heart done that's right exactly i think i think you mean i think so i think that's where i land yes is it i think so but i think we can easily use it as a shortcut to salvation which i think is really dangerous and Mm -hmm. not beneficial to anyone Mm -hmm. what's your final thoughts oh yeah i can i can agree with that (laughs) Um, circle the calendar perry and i agreed again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, coming a common, it's coming a common theme it's yeah dangerous. yeah yeah it, and it's just it's it's a living out it's living out our faith turning away from our sin and and following jesus 
that's what that's what I want to emphasize is is the new life. Mm-hmm. If we are a new creation, then we will live like new creations. So that's what I'll that's what I'll that's where I'll leave it. Sounds good. I have no other thoughts. Sounds good. All right, I guess I guess we'll end it there today. I just want to say thank you everyone to listening. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to give us some feedback on episode ideas or what you thought about this episode, you can email us at perrysponderings at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at perrysponderings. Um, for more ponderings, check out perrysons.com. Uh, and thank you again for joining us. We do appreciate you listening in and yes. we hope for hope to hear from you soon. Yes, absolutely. All right, keep pondering.